Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Invasion. For the Republic! Frequency 1138 is all clear and clanker free. This is Clone Army Radio. Execute Order 66. Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Begun. The Clone War has. I found them. Repeat. I found them. Cloners. Now this is Congress. We're doomed. It doesn't feel right. I, <laughs> damn. Okay. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to do it. That's fine. This, okay. So... The reason we're not doing our usual intro is it just doesn't feel right without uh, Leto. So, and what I mean by without Leto is Leto had to step away from the podcast indefinitely. Uh, we know he's been on, everyone that listens knows he's been on break for quite a while, just, you know, doing family and life stuff and all that. But mm-hmm. when he was ready to come back, he decided that he just, at this point in time, he can't, he can't commit to it. And he decided that he's just going to step away. We're still going to talk to him in our group chats and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And he said he's going to try to chime in here and there, but not on the microphone. So it's weird. And uh, it is right. Yeah. I mean, I started this thing with him and 100. What are we at? 126, I think, episodes and. Not to be a bummer at the beginning of, of the <laughs> podcast, but it is a bummer. And I know from some of the messages that we got on Instagram that, that quite a few of you that regularly listen have already said that you would miss him and, and we're right there with you. So we will too. So Lito, as you said, you would be listening to us. Uh, <laughs> thanks for a hundred something, hundred plus episodes, dude. Thank you, Lito. Um, and also, thank you for inviting me to join this podcast and making me feel so welcomed so quickly. I will forever be grateful for the opportunities that both of you gave me. Um, I'm sad that you're leaving us and you will be very, very missed. But please know, I'm not going to cry, <clears throat> that you will always be welcome back to the crew. I promise I'll keep your bunk tidy. Good luck wherever your path takes you, Lito. You are actually the best. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, I'm right there too. Uh, nope, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's why we didn't do the intro the way we usually do, because it just, when he was on break, it was fine. But now that he's mm-hmm. gone, it just didn't feel right. But I will throw a little bit of it out there. We are the best accidental Star Wars podcast, the side of the galaxy. I don't know if we're still simple clones. We may be something different. Something, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So, as the title of this episode will be something about Ahsoka, that's why mm-hmm. we're here. Uh, we're spoiling the hell out of the first two episodes of Ahsoka coming up, but Charlie has something that something about the writer strike, I believe. I do. I have something. I have just a little disclaimer. Uh, this yeah. episode of Clone Army Radio was recorded during the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. Whilst we continue to discuss Star Wars to show our appreciation for the writers, directors, cast, and crew. Johnny and I here at Clone Army Radio fully support the strike action and wish both SAG and the WGA nothing but success. Thank you very much. Right on. And if anybody wanted a little update, the WGA has rejected the latest offer from the studios as of last night. 
I did see they that. They are sticking it out. I think it's a good thing. Hold off and, mm-hmm. Absolutely. and get your way. So. All right. So Ahsoka. <laughs> Charlie is silent screaming into the mic. I um, was. Um, also, I'm gonna. I'm just going to get one little thing off of my chest. I would like to point out it is deeply unfair that you lot, you lot in the States, get it at nine o'clock on a Tuesday in the evening. And us Brits don't get it till two o'clock in the morning the next day. My, how the turns have tabled. Aye, the turntables <laughs> have turned. <sighs> yeah, because I used to have to wait till 3 a.m. while I'm on the road for work. Everybody knows that I'm mm-hmm. an idiot watching it on my iPad. And last night, and this is Wednesday, what are we? Yeah, Wednesday, August 23rd evening. Of course, it wasn't the best evening I had last night, but I did get to sit down at around <laughs> 9.30 and, and watch Ahsoka before I left for work, which was a really nice change. Yeah, I mean, it sucks for you guys, but we've been dealing with it since Disney Plus was a thing. So that's so, fair. yeah, that's fair. The, the turns have tabled. Somebody said that the other day where me and Jennifer were, you know, saying it the wrong way. My, how the turns have tabled. And it's just <laughs> kind of stuck in my head. <laughs> Um, Oh, I do have a quick disclaimer of my own. I'm going to reserve my opinion about where the story is going and what could have, should have happened until the season is over. I'll speculate, but that's about it. I'm not, because I feel like the last few series we've done, like every week, I'm, you know, I'll hum and haw about, oh, you know, I don't know what they're doing with this. And (laughs) nobody does because it's the first bleeping episode. So... I'm going to do my best to reserve my opinion of overall story until the end of the season, which, Charlie, I have an idea and I don't know how it'll work, but I was thinking we should get a couple of different podcasters on to do an Ahsoka wrap-up. Yes, like, 100%. It might, it might get noisy if we have too many people, but I think it'd be fun to have like that round table style oh, absolutely. discussion. So I'm going to I'm going to put some feelers out. Uh, and see what what we can do with that. But I guess one other thing before I stop talking too much, uh, <laughs> for a second at least, <laughs> I just wanted to say the first two episodes of Ahsoka did a really great job of introducing characters and story beats in a way that I think should be pretty easy for people that didn't watch Rebels or The Clone Wars to grasp and enjoy. I think they really... And, oh, man... All right, I'm just going to toot my horn now. The crawl. There was a Star Wars crawl. Yes. And I said that, what, like two episodes ago? One or two episodes ago? You did. Yeah, so I was like, I hope they don't do it how Obi-Wan did it, even though I liked how they did theirs. And I was like, it'd be really cool to see a crawl. And we got a crawl in a streaming series. It's not the original, but it was really cool. It was dark red writing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it said at this point, but it was a really cool opening to it. So it was uh, all the same capitalization that was used in the original trilogy scrolls. Um, we also had an opening crawl into a ship shot, like a, a, a ship yeah, right? shot, a wipe up, which was so cool. Very. So it was it was very, you know, classic Star Wars style, mm-hmm. which which I kind of I guess expected with Filoni being in charge. I think this series carries a lot of weight on its shoulders. It is simultaneously tying together the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and the sequel trilogies all together. It is that crucial kind of midway point for that convergence point, I suppose. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this, like these first two episodes, were a brilliant way to start that story off. I agree. I think it it um it wasn't anything really like mind blowing different. I guess it it hit a lot of the same type of beats, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. But yeah, I think that for the like you were saying, basically the weight on the series' shoulders for what it has to do, or at least what they're set out to do, it's going to be hard. But I think that these these two episodes came out swinging. Oh, absolutely. So since I kind of did my my couple of things here, why don't you, um, you know, give me some of your thoughts real quick? Me. Really? So I'll start off by saying I spent my day watching the last four episodes of season four of Rebels and then went straight into the two episodes of Ahsoka. And it was a brilliant idea. Rebels, the season finale already had me crying. And obviously you go straight into Ahsoka and there is so much of it that is shot for shot that last episode of Rebels at the end. And that was such a nice tie-in. It feels like Dave Filoni's worked really hard to make this all fit together and make this transition from animated to live action seamless. Did you not think it, they they both felt like an episode of Rebels? It was kind of characters talking, cutscene, characters talking, cutscene, action, mm-hmm. paced like an animated episode. And we know that Dave Filoni did animatics for all of the episodes, as right. he did for Clone Wars and for Rebels. This is how he works and it pays off so well yeah yeah i I couldn't agree more um i actually had like when i was telling you before we started recording i kind of have like a highs and a lows for the Mm -hmm. the first two episodes one of my highs is the directing um you at least i could totally tell the first episode was directed by dave filoni um like you were everything you were just saying about it it feeling like the rebels and um and all of that he knows what the hell he's doing he i mean not that i ever doubted it everybody knows how talented dave filoni is but this is that if you just look at that first episode master and apprentice it's so dave filoni it's so you can tell he learned so much from the make the maker uh and i don't want to say everything he did was the way george would do it but he he gets star wars i guess is my point no absolutely everything was beautiful the shots uh there were a lot of similar shots like i mean the one you just said uh the the over the ship one for the ot his writing i think is pretty solid i do have a nitpick that i'll get to in a little bit about the writing i mean dave filoni could seriously (laughs) i'm gonna sound like uh what do they call those people a shill. <laughs> uh, no, not during a strike time, please. <laughs> no, I, I just I think Dave Filoni could carry Star Wars on his back. Oh, easily. If if his bosses were like, you can run Star Wars, I'd be okay with it. So I think I've said in quite a few episodes that a lot of the product that Dave Filoni is involved in and part and like contributes to is such a love letter to George Lucas, and Ahsoka was no different. So many opening trilogy, like original trilogy references shoved in at every possible moment. Outdated clearance codes, the same uniforms Mm. seen worn by like the early New Republic, an identical shot of a protocol droid, um, like the same as C-3PO in Empire Strikes Back. So much of it. But then also there's references to the prequels as well. There's that love letter to when um, Shin, is that her name? Shin Hardy. 
Yeah, Balin's apprentice when she's yeah. uh, she's tracking Sabine, and it's just like Darth Maul in the desert tracking out a kid. Yeah, oh my god. It totally felt it totally felt episode one right at that mm-hmm. moment. I was like, oh, this is familiar, but not in a it wasn't in a bad way that I thought it no. was familiar. I thought it was a really a really well done nod. We also opened with a full orchestral score. Um the music's composed by Kevin Kiner, who's Welcome done back. Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch. Um mm. so many of the themes, the musical themes from Rebels are heard in this episode. Ahsoka, um Ezra's theme, um, Hera's theme as well is also apparent. And it, it wouldn't be an introduction to a Star Wars show without a full orchestra. I I 100% agree. I actually, that's in one of my highs, so I'm just going to run over to that really quick. I hope I'm <laughs> yeah. not jumping you around too much. No, no, no. This is actually good. I like that you're bringing up a lot of the same stuff that I was going to bring up kind of early. That's that's cool. Uh, yeah, Kevin Kiner's back. Rebels, you said it already. Rebels, Bad Batch, Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. I've really been into a lot of like the newer... <laughs> God, I'm tired, so my brain is not going to function today. Uh, composers and stuff like Ludwig Göransson, I think it is. Yes. For the Mando and the Boba stuff, I've really dug all of that. I dug the music in Andor, but but this, like you mentioned way back about J.J. Abrams and the Force Awakens, this was one of those hugs, Charlie. That Kevin Kiner's back doing music for star wars it's not john williams but it's still a familiar familiar yes. composer because i mean just the bad bat or um the clone wars and rebels alone are 11 seasons that's a lot of that is a lot of music oh my goodness yeah. so it was really cool to have him back uh i even dug that like pop punk song that was jamming when Sabine yes. was doing her impression of Captain Kirk in the, the newer Star Trek film. <laughs> Absolutely something I would have listened to and had on my iPad in that era of my life, like rebellious late teenage right. years. Right. And it totally sounded like Sice Noodle singing it, so it made me Oh, happy. 100%. <laughs> it probably wasn't, but it sounded like... <laughs> Bring her back. Yes. <laughs> But that, yeah, that's all I really had on the music. I really appreciated the the music in this in these two episodes a lot. I'm gonna go right in because obviously, like the episode opens with like Balin and his apprentice, and we're absolutely given that red herring of a Jedi, and obviously we're all sat there going, "It's gonna be Ahsoka. Ahsoka's on the ship." No. <laughs> um, I really want to go back to their last names. I know we've spoken about how Skull and Haiti are from Norse mythology. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly, Skull translates to the one who mocks. And Haiti hmm. translates to the one who hates. Um, oh, so I both... thought Skull was the one that hates. Mm. No. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, in Norse mythology, these two wolves are the sons of Fenrir. Um, they devour the moon and the sun. And I'm I'm really feeling the link to like the sister and the brother, light and the dark, sun and moon. Mm. There's a there is a lot of like pagan mythology going on in this series, which I was really delighted to see. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll get to it a bit later, but yes. My trumpet moment, my trumpety trumpet moment <laughs> for this episode. Morgan Ellsworth is a night sister, confirmed. Mm. Live action night sister. I said that several episodes ago. That you did. See, we both both tooting our own horns. <laughs> hey, it's not often we get stuff right over here on Clone Army Radio, so y'all got to give us credit. Yeah, and did you happen to notice... I could be wrong, but like when she was in 
uh, the Mandalorian season two, her mm. hair looked very dark, right? Like her hair yes. was like dark brown. Did you happen to notice it getting whiter? Yes. Throughout these two episodes? Through the, yeah, through the two episodes. Obviously, like her being free from prison and also because like the Night Sister magic comes from the dark side, being around two kind of dark side force users. She's reconnecting yeah. with her power because I don't think she outright says that she's a Night Sister. She just says that they are her ancestors. Mm. But she definitely I'm guessing, is one, though. Yeah, I'm guessing like the Night Sister magic is very much like passed down from woman to woman and generational and ancestral and all of these sorts of things. She <sighs> had the um, like the little tattoo on yes. her upper forehead too, so the little markings. Which oh, that reminds me, I started making a custom Marin figure. <gasps> I got the the head from uh, Scoundrel Stock, but he did the painting, and she looks amazing. Oh. My gosh, she is beautiful. Yeah, this this dude, he's a tattoo artist, so that's why his oh. painting skills are so bleeping good. But uh, yeah, Rob at Scoundrel Stock does just amazing work, and he's a super nice guy. But that's this, incredible. This is what I got so far. She's kind of got a little bit of large bazoombas, but yeah, it was, I was all I could say. She's she's quite well endowed. <laughs> it wasn't really like what I was shooting for. It just kind of happened to be the only upper body that worked for the head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Night Sisters and stuff, I got a, a custom Marin nice. brewing. Yeah, well done on the night the Night Sister thing though. I, I think that's really cool. And I love that we're getting more of that because as we talked about one of your uh quiz questions a while back that I got right, the uh, yes. courtship of Princess Leia was the first introduction to the the witches of Dathomir and all of that, so it's nice to see they're they're keeping with that. Obviously, we had all of that in the Clone Wars and everything too, but it's just cool to see the continuation. Um, the first time we see Ahsoka, she has this amazing like Kurosawa style entrance, like silhouette from out of the dust. So so samurai, really 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 cool. Also, this really excited me. Ahsoka has Force Echo like Cal. Yeah, that's different. I don't remember can, ever seeing yeah. that. Gaining memories from objects through the power of the Force. Like, such a cool ability. Isn't that, like, kind of the same as the psychometry power? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. No, it it is the psychometry power. My apologies. Okay. Well, yeah, but they call them Force Echoes in the game, so I can see why you would... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you what's right. (laughs) Typical male Star Wars fan. Oh, oh, do I have to mansplain it now? <laughs> Please don't. I will cry. Okay, I'll just do this. <laughs> Sorry, last time I promise. No, it's fine. Um, and yeah, she's she's fallen through the floor and finally, finally, a canonical explanation for temple puzzles. I feel like all of the time I wasted in Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order, raging over those puzzles is finally settled because if Ahsoka Tano has to do one... That does very much justify having to do puzzles because I'm always like, you don't mm-hmm. see... I mean, Obi-Wan is more like a Batman, you know, investigating and clues and all of that, but you don't really mm-hmm. see actual puzzles like you did in this opening sequence. So very, very fair. Um, did you notice that she found the golden snitch? That's immediately what I thought when she retrieved it from the pillar. I had to laugh about it. I'm not I, like, I had a little giggle. 
I'm not a huge Harry Potter person, but my wife is, so I know mm-hmm. I know the golden snitch when I see one. And <laughs> knock a man out with it. I would right. also like to point out it's a it's a Witches of Dathomir temple, not a um, not a Zepho temple, which is what I was originally thinking with the kind of figures and the shapes. Did you notice on the floor there's a triketra, which is a Celtic symbol um, from like ancient ancient pagan tradition and it represents hmm. the three stages of womanhood the maiden the mother and the crone oh is that why there were the three like mm-hmm. statues okay yes um it Very also cool. represents the phases of the moon which is another really powerful symbol of femininity hmm and in witchcraft and even in modern witchcraft the number three is a very very powerful number right it's also the number you count to to throw the holy hand grenade so it is yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's interesting when you look at how a lot of um jewish iconography and religious ideas were used in andor and now we've dave Filoni mm. like he shifted his interest to suddenly like paganism and esoteric practice and new age magic or however you choose to call it right yeah it's it's really interesting to me to see some of that stuff you're kind of learning a little bit about Dave Filoni, like his background. Mm. You know, he's you know he's like big into wolves, right? So oh yeah, in he Pebbles, does. <laughs> you got you got like the Loth Wolf. His name was Trapper Wolf in Mandalorian, and then now in this, you know, Skull and Haiti or Fenrir's children, they're all wolves, and you yep. know that's a that's a big thing for him. Um, I really do love the whole Norse mythology end of it all. Can we before we go further? Can we talk about the golden snitch we can but i had a joke to tell you that i've absolutely stolen from the screen crush video thank you very much and it was um there are two wolves inside you each of them were created by dave filoni oh jesus i particularly enjoyed that there were wolves everywhere you are absolutely correct i didn't even make the connection between skull and haiti and the wolves so yeah nice (laughs) he's got a wardrobe full of those wolf t-shirts do you know what i mean Oh yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Okay, so the the golden snitch, the uh, I don't even know what it's actually called, but here's, I think I did it right. I said a lot of things I liked, right? So yes. now I can get into yes, something. Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe they refer to it as a star map, which also has links to uh, Knights of the Old Republic for any KOTOR fans out there. Sniff, sniff, sniff. Huh. I'm one of those. Ah, <laughs> yeah, but I still have an issue with it because what have we seen in recent Star Wars movies? BB-8, he's got a map to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, the Rise of Skywalker. You need a wayfinder that looks just like a Sith holocron, but it's a wayfinder to find Exegol. The knife in the Rise of Skywalker just oh, happens to be yeah happens to be created in a way that'll match the way a Death Star explodes. Convenient. That leads you to somewhere. Another map. Now we need to find a map to find Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra. Ah, but this is no map, my friend. This is a map to another galaxy entirely. Not just the unknown yeah. regions, not just the outer unmapped parts. A whole other it's it is the expanded universe if you will <laughs> yeah it's i get it no i get it it's just it's just another map to find something uh, like. i know but how else were they gonna find him also could i just point out <laughs> why if thrawn doesn't want to come back it's been a very long time man just might be busy right? 
right? I mean, how unfair to go and disturb him from his like his me time. <laughs> For all we know, him and Ezra could be dating. Exactly. You know, they could be dating, they could be, they could be besties. Yeah, they could just be like playing video games all day. I, I mean, mean, especially since Ezra absolutely friendzoned Sabine in that message by going, "You're like a sister uh, to me." Oh, yeah, that's that was another one that I wanted to. I forgot about. I'm glad that you brought felt that up. a little left field. I'm not gonna lie. I assumed, especially like watching Rebels as much as I have, that there's there's a spark, there's a there's a vibe. Oh, absolutely. Especially from Ezra through the whole yeah, he's series. Yeah, like, he's besotted with her and she gives him the no, I'm not interested to go away. And he's even more obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he meets uh, Sabine's father uh, in, I think, the end of season three, early season four, I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, so I hear you're with Sabine. And he's like, with her? No, I'm not with her. We're just friends. <laughs> like, so what does sure. that mean? Now he's like, yeah, you're like a sister. I'm like, don't. Why, don't do that. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of a thing that bugged me. But but the map thing, I just I felt like that was the only real sign of lazy writing in, in this thing so far. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just that's how I feel. I, and yeah, I get your point. How else are they going to do it? <laughs> you need your MacGuffin. But it's just it's in recent Star Wars. It's just a little overdone. That's all. I can respect that opinion. Now you've pointed it out, I do slightly agree with you. Um, really beautifully animated, though, I might point out. I was very much a, ooh, wow, when she opened it. So I I fell for it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no. I, and that's the thing is, it's cool. It is cool. I like it. It was just, eh. But, um, but you did bring up Expanded Universe in that. Could this introduce the Yuzan Vong? who I don't really know a ton about yet, but... I've seen this floated around. Um, Okay. So I've seen a lot of theorizing. Obviously, the phrase ancient people from a distant galaxy makes everyone's ears prick up. Is it the Zepho, which would probably be the most kind of current canon explanation? True. Um, The Yuzhan Vong I've seen pop up quite a few times. And also, KOTOR fans have been saying possibly the Rakatan. Because oh. there are quite a few other references to Kotor that have popped up, which include... Uh, Don't do it. Don't steal my thunder. What do you mean I'm not going to steal your thunder? Um, Ahsoka fights a series of assassin droids, which, yes, we've seen all oh, okay. over Star Wars, but they originally yeah. appeared in Knights of the Old Republic. HK-47, man. Exactly. Always talking shit um, to the meatbags. When Sabine cracks the map open and you see all of those runes, those runes used to symbolize an ancient language that we don't know in Star Wars originally appeared in Knights of the Old Republic. And then the cherry on top of the cake, which I think is a point you will have, the Eye of Zion, ladies and gentlemen. Darth Zion, right? Exactly. That's that's my thunder. (laughs) I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but I was I my ears perked up. I had to rewind that part when when she said what it was called. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I did as well. But also, I've seen people theorizing Zion also means heir, so like heir, thrawn, heir to the empire. Hmm. I could see that. But yeah. So, uh, sorry, we are jumping ahead massively, but it made me absolutely <laughs> wet myself with laughter. That, that honestly, they turned around and went. That thing, that thing that Jedi use to jump into hyperspace, that but supersized. Oh, right. Yeah. Amazing. 
Brilliant. <laughs> That's a cool idea. I like that. I mean, to go to a whole other galaxy, you, you kind of exactly. need that extra that oomph. Sense. It's yeah. very Star Wars, very authentically. Like it feels very Star Wars logic, like the Death Star and the Imperial like Star Destroyers, kind of everything being so oversized, mm-hmm. oversized and understaffed. <laughs> um, so I, I wonder, going back to Darth Sion, the Eye of Sion, um, I wonder if that's just kind of legitimately saying, yeah, Darth Sion existed way back in in the Cold mm-hmm. War times. Uh, but the Eye of Sion, if you've seen pictures of Darth Sion. His one eye is just like jacked. Like there's yes. no. Yeah. So it, when I they said that. Okay. I figured you did. <laughs> I, I know. I know how you go with your things over achiever. <laughs> yeah, I am. I say that like it's a bad thing. It's really not at all. It's great. You know, just shows your love for this thing for, for Star so Wars. So much and, love. Uh, what was I going to say about the galaxy thing? So. I was a little confused when they were like, yeah, another galaxy. But apparently there are other galaxies like the Yuzhan Fong came from a different one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what did I see? It was on w- Wikipedia that there's like two satellite galaxies right around the main Star Wars one. Ooh. Yeah. But that's all it really said. I, and I didn't have time because the plumber showed up. So I didn't have time <laughs> to like really read into it. It's real interesting. I mean, hell, we haven't even explored probably... 15% of Star Wars galaxy and no, we might see a little bit from a different one so we're we're finally off to another galaxy far far away and i think that's so so exciting maybe it's our galaxy ooh oh Keep that an eye out cool. <laughs> watch the skies man if you see the super duper hyperspace <laughs> if you see an imperial like death like star destroyer appear on the horizon run Run to it. I right, mean, yeah, I run would. to it. Join the Empire. Make me a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> I want ultimate power, please. Yes. Um, Ahsoka returns, like, gets the map, fights the assassin droids, and returns to the Mon Calamari ship Home One, which is the same ship that was used in the Battle of Endor, captained by everyone's favourite Mon Calamar, Admiral Akbar. It's a trap! Uh, this is where the Rebel Alliance gather to plan that very attack in Return of the Jedi. Ahsoka is standing where Luke stood. It's all coming together. Mm. That, oh, I didn't even notice that. That's really cool. Like, the only thing I picked up out of that whole sequence was that she still uses the Fulcrum name. I thought that she was does, a good yeah. touch. So that's the same... That's where, like... Where they planned that mission for Endor? In Return of the Jedi? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's like when Luke shows up. I'm with you too. And yeah. They hug and everyone cries because they're happy. <laughs> and in the battle, Lando says over his comms, "Home one to gold leader." Yeah. Damn. That's some cool stuff. See, I didn't catch mm-hmm. any of that. It gets even better. Not only do we have Clancy Brown reprising his role, like in person. Mm. Uh, Jay Kell is also a senator now. He was one of Ezra's friends from the Imperial Academy. That's why that name was familiar to yes. me. Yes, that's really cool. Yeah, I do. I totally remember his name, but I couldn't. I couldn't pin it together. Very cool. Clancy Brown. He was Savage Press, the yes. voice actor in the Clone Wars. He was Berg in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. He was Ryder in Rebels. Now in live action, he's Ryder, and I think. 
I, there's got to be more. Those are the only ones off the top of my head. That oh, that absolutely of. must be. And of course, he was in uh, Starship Troopers, and you know, he was awesome in that. <laughs> um, I thought you'd like to know Sabine's helmet when she's she's riding away on her little escape. Um, it says "Babe" in Arabesh. <laughs> interesting <laughs> i just thought that was a cute little touch that she is <laughs> she is a babe can i just take a minute to say how absolutely beautiful all of these women look like oh my goodness they're all my wives all of them nice <laughs> for me i would say probably sabine and shin they were yeah very much um Darth bangs if she's being affectionately nicknamed Oh, is she? Yes. That works. I like it. I like um, it too. I like her little Padawan braid as well. It's a nice touch. I've really, I'm enjoying the blurring between the dark side and the Jedi that's going on. Like, obviously, he's Jedi, like fully Jedi trained from the temple days, and ooh. Mm -hmm. They're dark Jedi. It's they yeah. feel like the dark Jedi that I've seen in video games and read about mm -hmm. in books. Um, yeah, the the Padawan braid. I I really. I dig that. I like that little touch that he's sticking to some of that Jedi training. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as he says in the beginning, we are no Jedi. I loved that, too, by the way, the very beginning. Yes. He's like, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, I think Shin goes on unleashed and attacks and then he starts doing his thing, which looks really robotic. His like Darth Vader slash Luke Skywalker hallway scene. But it's cool <laughs> i know pardon my language if anyone heard the whisper but it is it was so badass just the way he was like you know his movements god rip ray stevenson oh my god i i know it's so sad for so many reasons obviously but this character i'm already in love with with skull and haiti i love these two characters oh, so much absolutely and, and he's just destroying his role like Mm -hmm. I, I love it and probably jumping around, but whatever. When uh, Morgan Elsbeth says basically, you know, to the effect of you have to kill Ahsoka and he's like, she, he makes like a face and she's like, does that bother you? And he just says something like, uh, you know, there's so few Jedi left. You see the conflict in this guy. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's, he says, kind he of, says it'd be a shame. There's so few Jedi left. Yeah. Oh, thank you for the quote. It was perfect. Um, and so you see that he's, yeah, he's blurring those lines. He's he's a Jedi, but he's doing the Jedi probably the way Anakin wanted to without fully turning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Great character, though. I, I love him. I find it really interesting that we are <clears throat> immediately given an example of how absolutely incompetent and cocky the, uh, the New Republic are. Oh, yeah. So obviously they've come off the back of the Battle of Endor renewed and positive and overconfident. And for for that captain to immediately walk out, call a bluff and then get torn to shreds shows right. you that the New Republic is doomed to fail, which is such a lovely tie in to understanding how the rise of the First Order happened and happened so quickly and effectively because the New Republic was falling to pieces before it even started, built on broken foundations Mm -hmm. filled with defectors to the empire who will never change an extreme cockiness like yes yeah we'll oh, just yes. we'll dismantle our armies we don't need them the empire's gone mm -hmm. um no you're screwed uh exactly. that kind of that kind of fits in with some of the eu where leia would constantly struggle 
with some of those things, like convincing Mon Mothma and some of the other, I don't, were they senators? Whatever they were called in the early New Republic. Mm-hmm. No, we need to do it this way. And they'd always kind of fight her. And then Han would get pissed and take Leia off to go and do it their way, kind of a thing like Han would do. And um, so that's it's cool that we're seeing those aspects from the EU rolled into this. Uh, but yeah, the New Republic is just, you know, Palpatine. I always go to that Palpatine line. Your arrogance blinds you, mm-hmm. and and that's that's where they are. They haven't won. I, what are they? Wars aren't won that quick. <laughs> no. And they're just they're just trying to sweep things under the rug. And yeah, like you said, that's that's paving the way to show why the First Order showed up so quick. Absolutely. That was as a as a sequel fan. That was really really nice to see. Um the chemistry on screen between Sabine and Ahsoka, like obviously all of this kind of story that we're not quite aware of yet of being kind of master and apprentice, really, really interesting dynamic between the pair of them. Um, Ahsoka is obviously deeply still tortured by the, like the events of the Clone Wars. And she, Mm. she mentions Anakin by name, which I wasn't expecting. Right. And you can tell it it's, it's very, very painful for her to speak about. Especially because Hera's out here speaking because she knows nothing and being really rude. <laughs> Hera was? Yes, when she was having the little um, the little hologram call and was fully like, oh, I bet, bet you and your master fought all the time. Why would you speak of it? Right. Well, you know, because that's not the real Hera. <laughs> Do you not like her? No, I don't. Oh, I, that's fair. I, it's nothing against uh, Mary Elizabeth. Instead, yeah, thank you. Um, I think she's great at what she does. I think she's doing a good job playing a character. It just, I'm at least these two episodes in. I'm not feeling any presence of Hera from Rebels at all. She kind of, she yeah. looks cool. She oh, looks she great. Looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that to me, that wouldn't be something that Hera would say. Um, I don't want to say it takes me out of it because it doesn't. It just It's not something that she would say. So it just, I don't know. She just feels a little off right now. Her interactions with Chopper, which we haven't even touched on Chopper yet. Nope. But uh, her interactions with him felt like Hera and Chopper. So I will give oh, it that. That was really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, my opinion can change. I'm not going like, to focus on, I'm not going to focus on my dislike. I think she's doing a good job. She looks good. She's just not really Hera yet. She's too happy. True. She I feel for like, everything she's been through, don't stop cracking a smile, babe, please. Yeah, and I and maybe that's part of it for me is that I'm what I'm like four episodes away from my re, being done with my rewatch of Rebels. So I just watched Jedi Knight recently. And you know what happens there. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't think I care about really spoiling rebels you know Kanan is gone so mm-hmm. i feel yeah the time has passed but i just feel like she she doesn't look scarred she doesn't seem scarred by all of the things no. that she went through she was always kind of optimistic in rebels so i mean I'll, I'll give it that it's just an inner struggle at this point but i'm curious to see what other people are thinking i have no idea no, what anyone thinks of Hera yet so before we shift kind of quickly into episode two, I did want to take a minute to talk about Sabine's little lightsaber fight at the end. I thought it was really interesting how Shin 
chose to fight with Sabine. She could have quite easily just walked away with the map and left it at that. Um, yeah, she was like toying with her. Yes, uh, Shin did not go as hard as she absolutely could have, obviously immediately realising that Sabine never finished her Jedi training. So mm-hmm. all of those moves she's pulling are just basic. It's like um, like when Kanan's training Ezra in the beginning of Rebels and they're going through it like one, two, three. It's it's interesting. It was really, really interesting to see. And obviously she gets absolutely like murked. <laughs> she right. has a huge opening, stabbed straight through the middle. I did. I did have a moment of worry that maybe this was it for Sabine. Well, you know, Disney lightsabers don't kill anybody. Oh, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> and it turns out Bacta was invented ten minutes after the death of Qui Gon Jinn. Very sad. Right. Very, very sad. Um, you know, Qui Gon's ghost is somewhere going. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, a little part of me was like, oh, are they going to kill off? No, they're not going to kill off Sabine. They wouldn't. I mean, maybe at no, least not goodness, yet. No. But yeah, I I did kind of pick up what you were saying as far as Shin going very lightly against oh, her. Oh, very. She was studying Sabine before they fought. Like you could see yes. her kind of like tilting her head and trying to figure her out. And she's like, oh, I'll just mess with her. Because, yeah, I mean, we saw what Shin could do to those people on that ship. Insta-kills everywhere. So Exactly. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this whole Sabine Jedi training stuff. I don't like it yet, but it's uh, it's difficult because Star Wars has both presented that you can only use the Force if you were Force sensitive, but they've also sort of gently, especially recently, floated around the idea that anyone can be Force sensitive. Anybody can learn to use the Force. And I think that's potentially what they're leaning on. Like, obviously, Hu um, Young, who I wanted to talk about anyway, voiced by the fantastic David Tennant. Lovely oh, to yeah. see him return from the Clone Wars. A really, really interesting way of fitting him into the story as well with all of this. He's one of the last remaining Jedi archives. That's such a cool concept for a character. Thousands of years old, too. Thousands of years so old. So cool. Yeah. He helped Master Yoda and um, Mace Windu build their lightsabers when they were Padawans. That's crazy right. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for no, Yoda, for sure, because Yoda was 900 yep. years old. So he young stands there and speaks to Sabine and tells her that, quite frankly, in his opinion, she is the worst force user he has ever seen in his entire history of being with the Jedi. Yeah, it was like I thought he said, like, he didn't mention midichlorians in any way, shape or form. Nope. But he said it was like it was like she wasn't anywhere near as attuned to it as anyone no. he's ever seen or something like that. So no. that's interesting to, um, before I forget, cause that's how my brain works to touch on what you were saying. Obi-Wan and I think Yoda both say it in the OT that the force is everywhere surrounds yes. us. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's something that's been going on since the seventies at this point. So yes. I don't know. think George could ever quite make up his mind, which I think is why the wider universe has never quite made up his mind. So <laughs> I'm open to it, to be quite honest. I want to see like Ezra struggled, but picked it up really quickly. I want to see someone struggle mm. to try and attain and join the thing that so many people in their lives are a part of and have access to. And to see her struggle is going to be interesting. And that's how you build character. Also, Ahsoka deserves another chance to redeem herself after walking away from the Jedi Order because I know she blames herself for what happened to Anakin. 
Yeah. I know I that's so. why she's listening to Sabine's dreams, because if only she could have listened to Anakin's and seen what he was dreaming about with Padme, maybe she could have mm. stopped it. So much of this is recuperation and rebuilding for her. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I didn't even think of that one. The Her listening to Sabine's dreams, thinking she could have. Yeah. I, I just wonder, though, honestly, if the person close, if the two people closest to him, and this could be a whole other podcast episode down the road, but, <laughs> you know, the two people closest to Anakin couldn't turn him. Could Ahsoka, if Padme and Obi-Wan couldn't change no. his mind? But I think that's maybe one of the, the lasting scars of loving Anakin Skywalker, if that makes sense. For the people who are left yeah. who knew him, it's this constant regret, this deep, painful regret of, I wish I could have done more, but ultimately knowing that nothing you could have done would have worked. That's true. I mean, that's a typical, you know, human. Very you know, human. Yeah, guilt will get you like that. Something that else just popped in my head. Something that else. Yeah, again, two hours <laughs> Good <asleep>. English. <laughs> I has brain. Uh, did I don't think Rex ever found out that Anakin was Vader, did he? No. Oh, my God. I wonder if what we'll if ever they do see that. To that. Us? What if they do that to us in this series? I'll cry. I will also cry. I, I will for sure. Because... Yeah, that would be. I know him and Ahsoka were real tight. Rex and Ahsoka were real tight. But so was Anakin and Rex. Rex looked out for him, hid his conversations with Padme from Obi-Wan. And, oh, you can't go in there. Anakin's working on my armor or whatever. <laughs> so uh, that'd be real interesting if, if we ever get that revelation. That would, that would be sad. It would be. Speaking um, of... I'm so sorry. I know, After I know. You. we're both excited. We're both excited. I did have <laughs> one. I think. I think I had one other thing to say about Sabine. Oh yeah, yeah, the struggle. If we do see, oh, God, I don't want you to get mad at me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would. Why would I? Okay, I would never. okay. Because I'm going to bring up Ray for a minute. Yeah, see the eyes. I got the eyes. It's all unless, all unless in love and respect. Tongue. Okay. To see if we see Sabine struggle, like you were saying, like really have a hard time with this. And then she does, you know, pull out like a force power out of her butt, you know, and and use it after like being destroyed. <laughs> I think that that would go over and I don't jump on me yet because I have some thoughts. No? OK, uh, it would go over better than Ray all of a sudden knowing how to use the Jedi mind trick. Yes. When. I have a thought on this, though, but, you know, she just she thought Luke Skywalker was a myth and didn't know any of these things. And then the force is waking up in her. Something that I never thought of until recently is. And yes, she calls herself Ray Skywalker, but she is technically a Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Palpatine is powerful AF. Yes. So if that blood is in Ray, it makes sense to me that she wouldn't struggle like as hard no, like i know a lot of people you know would call her a mary sue and all that kind of crap we're not going to get no. into that i think that i personally like i'm with you with i want to see a character like get beaten down and, and bust their butts to get to where they have to go so it was a little iffy for me with ray because jedi mind trick boom i got it you know, I mean, it took a couple tries, but you know what I mean? It was just really fast. But I think that the Palpatine blood is what. And if she ended up being a Skywalker instead of a Palpatine, it still would have made sense for mm -hmm. those reasons. OK, because Luke, well, 
Anakin had some interesting force powers when he was tiny Anakin. He just didn't know he was doing it. So just in other words, I would like to see a struggling character. Yes, Um, same. Hopefully I said that the way I was trying to. (laughs) No, you absolutely did. I I think I actually, I I really do agree with you. You make a very, very good point. Okay. I thought you were going to yell at me. No, not in the slightest. (laughs) Keeping with the theme of witches and magic, I thought you would be interested to know that the title for the second episode, Toil and Trouble, is taken from Shakespeare's Macbeth. Interesting. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, fillet of a fenny snake in the cauldron boil and bake. It goes on for many more stanzas, but I will, I won't, I won't regale you with the whole thing. However, uh, the start of the play is three witches mm. reading Macbeth a prophecy that he will suffer nothing but trouble if Macbeth pursues the crown. Interesting. And it's interesting that Balin is this kind of, this diehard, I don't quite know what he's going for, but he's going for something. Mm-hmm. He also seems to have the gift of foresight, which I find quite interesting. Balaam, what do you see? Right. Yeah, I liked that. Which I know is also something uh, Obi-Wan definitely seems to have a bit of a thing for, especially mm-hmm. in The Phantom Menace when he talks about, like, something's off and Qui-Gon's like, no, the path is clear. And <laughs> Yeah, right, right at the beginning, right, of uh, yeah. The Phantom Menace. And he was like, no, not here, somewhere... Like, I forget yes. how he says it, but somewhere distant. Yes. Yeah. Damn, that's good. That's really interesting, though. Uh, could they be talking about Thrawn in this? Like, if you want to look at the Macbeth thing. Yes. Do you think maybe? I know we're speculating, but Morgan Elspeth is going to try to kill Thrawn. Maybe. I feel hmm. like even after these two episodes, we're still quite in the dark about kind of the bad characters' motivations. And I think it's interesting that we're given this red herring of Balin and his apprentice. And maybe they're not actually the bad, bad guys. It seems like Morgan has much more fingers in way more pies. Like her desire is to get to her one singular goal is to get to Thrawn. But why? I mean, you want to look at the North's mythology of them being, you know, the devourer of the sun and moon and Ragnarok and all that kind of stuff. And then he says, she asks Balin, what happens? What do we get when we find Thrawn or something like that? And he's mm. like, power. So I I love not knowing. And, and considering none of it really like tightly is connecting to sequel trilogy right now, that leaves it open to wonderment, you know? Oh, absolutely. So there's, it's, yeah, we don't know anything yet. (laughs) That's interesting, though, that Macbeth stuff. So, yeah, we could very well see her try to take out Thrawn. Quite possibly. Hmm. As I know we're cutting a little fine for time, I do just want to talk about Chopper. Oh, yeah. Chopper's awesome. I wasn't expecting him to have such a kind of big introduction but it was absolutely perfect him not giving a crap about civilian casualties if they shoot a ship down over a city is very on brand oh, very 100 percent um an astromech droid having a stuff drawer oh have, my god no no i haven't touched your stuff is was such a great line just the fact that he like Puts his little droid arms down and is yeah. like, womp, 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 womp. and she's like, no, I wasn't coming through your stuff. I lost it. So um, and she says, she says, well done, Chop. You got him. And he goes, wah, 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 and then does like strong man arms, yeah. which was really funny. 
it's John it's John Favreau, isn't it? Or is it Dana is it? Dave Filoni? Doing Chopper? Who does Chopper? I don't honestly know. Are you looking or should I? I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay. Um, yeah, I it's think Dave they... Filoni. Is it? Yeah, it's Dave Filoni actually speaking lines, but it's really, really heavily distorted, which is why sometimes you can catch like an okay or found it yeah. or... That's he awesome. mimics Hera back to her when she says, no, I didn't take your stuff. He goes, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, they definitely obviously nailed Chopper to a T. He was he was mm-hmm. perfect. I, 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 I love Chopper so much. He's like, he's kind of like R2-D2, but more of a dick. <laughs> yes, yes. R2-D2, if he didn't have like C-3PO as like the prim and proper husband to keep him in line, that... <laughs> totally but yeah you can you can catch like some of the things he's saying here and there uh, which i love but yeah just the the hands on the hips thing just cracked me up so much (laughs) and yeah he has a stuff drawer really (laughs) a stuff drawer i love it i do i think that was a great touch um i have like i have yeah i have one more thing in my notes okay Something we have not talked about. We've talked about leading up to this show, but we haven't talked about today. And I've heard his name pronounced so many different ways. I'm just going with Merak, the Inquisitor. Yes. I have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead. It's a lot of thoughts that probably are nothing. But I was trying to watch his fighting stance and style when he was fighting Ahsoka. And I know this is going to sound really out there and it's totally 1000% wrong. But he fought a lot like Kanan. Do you want to know? That's exactly what I was thinking. For real? The body shape, the body yeah. type, the legs. The legs, I think. Like Kanan skips one. leg day every day. That is a skinny, skinny boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the kind of the the fencing stances again, these really quick, clean blocks mm-hmm. to kind of push forward and then attack and then retreat and then attack. Yes. This is how much Rebels I've absorbed into my brain. I originally thought it could possibly be Ezra. Yeah. All of that time with Thrawn, corrupted by the whatever, whatever. But also, it's important to remember, Thrawn is one of the first villains we've had in Star Wars who doesn't have a vested interest in the Force. That is not... Ultimate ultimate power is not (laughs) one of his... Mystical magic power is not one of his main drives. He's mostly just interested in conquering and like actual kind of warfare and tactical stuff. Yeah, and art. Art's and art. Thing. Re- he's yeah. really into his art. Right. Um, I did have like a, I don't want to say a debunking, but kind of debunking for even, I even had mentioned it could be Ezra. It could mm-hmm. still be a clone of Ezra for all we know. Yes. They're, they're going to introduce cloning before I go too far because I forgot about Mount Tantus. They showed Mount Tantus in the Bad Batch, um, Wayland, the planet. Those are huge in Heir to the Empire uh, trilogy, the EU. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see some form of cloning. Plus, I mean, we've seen cloning in Mando and yeah, in this the sequel is the thing. trilogy. Everything so, is leading up to. Yeah. So, so he could technically be a clone of Ezra, but I didn't really get Ezra vibes. Also, Ezra and Thrawn left together in Rebels. How would Ezra get back? Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. It, and if, you know, if that is Ezra, why wouldn't, you know, Morgan Elsbeth just be like, okay, let's go talk to Thrawn. Ezra would be now, like, okay. Now you've said Kanan, I think I'm going to hop on that train. Choo-choo. If it's not Kanan, 
I have another thought. Mm-hmm. What? And oh, and before we go too far, the medieval knight style helmet this guy's wearing is yes. freaking cool. So really cool, which I've seen some people bring up possibly like the Knights of Ren, but I feel like it's maybe right. too early. But then it. Uh, well, but we don't know how long the Knights of Ren have been around either. That's the thing. I think yeah. Kylo Ren joins them, he doesn't form them. Right. Right, exactly. They actually like recruited him. They did, um, yes. They recruited him after he left the Jedi Temple, after he nearly got murdered by his uncle. Yeah. Family. And he, and I'm pretty sure the Knights of Ren are the ones that actually destroyed the temple, too. It wasn't Kylo. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was my other thought, too, was, okay, so <laughs> it's just, it's all speculation, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, there are some people out there that get mad when you do this, Ooh, whatever. Oh, I it's love a fun. bit of speculation. Star Wars is fun. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so it, it could be a Knight of Ren. It could be a clone of Ezra. Mm-hmm. I keep saying it like it's not a person. But it's definitely a he, I think, right? Yeah. Kind of because he looks like Hakeem. Yeah. Okay. So, or um, he could take that helmet off and Sam Witwer could have his face shown and it could be Galen Merrick from The Force Unleashed. Oh, imagine. I don't think he was really built to be Galen Merrick. But then again, you know, they don't have to be. Exact. I think he was definitely built like Kanan. I think we're both in agreement there. Yes. Um, or, I mean, he could just be some dude named, named Merrick, and that's that. But but the mask or helmet, whatever you want to call it, uh, helmet, I think, tells us that he's going to be somebody, like, either that we are speculating him to be or somebody else that we're not even thinking about. I am excited nonetheless. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, how mind-blowing would it be, though, if it was Kanan? We didn't see his body. (laughs) No, we didn't. Right. I mean, he'd really have had to been corrupted to become an Inquisitor or whatever, but... Or again, he could be a clone. Could be a clone of Kanan, for all we know. That was, yeah, that was really my last thing I wanted to touch on. And I think that's cool that you noticed the the skinny legs. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know, like, they're drawn in a very specific, like, way and style, but. But his poses. Yes. Like, his fighting style. Oh, and then another thing, too, really quick. uh, When Sabine was cutting her hair, did that remind you of Kanan? It did remind me of Kanan. She cut it using her vibroblade as well. Mm -hmm. She's also changed the pauldron on her Mandalorian armor. It doesn't have a Lothcat on it anymore. It has a Pergil, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, but yeah, it was real like uh, like a ceremonial thing, like Kanan did when he cut his hair, and yes, thought that that was that was really cool. So I don't know, Charlie. I I dug these episodes. I dug it also. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I'm really really excited for next week. It was basically an Ahsoka movie. It was an hour and forty minutes when you put the two <sighs> episodes together. It felt like a movie too. That's God. We didn't even touch on any of that either. We we can get to that over time. We but, can. It um, feels like everything that came before Boba Fett, Kenobi, Mandalorian. It's all been practice for this. It's all been getting their eggs in a row to do this. I agree. And I love it. Oh my goodness, I love it so much. This was also the first time I actually watched on like my. 
the living room. Usually I come down here after work or whatever and watch <laughs> on my monitor, which I mean, my monitor is like a 32 inch. It's not tiny, but mm. I was watching it on the big TV with my better sound bar and all that. Yeah, I cleaned I the big like TV. <laughs> you cleaned Before the big TV? Before we watched it, just to... <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, very good, very good. Uh, any final thoughts or final thoughts? I loved it. I actually really, really loved it. And for once, I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to say that. Like I was genuinely invested, interested, excited. Just really, really enjoyed what I saw. Yeah, I, I did too. I mean, I had you know, I have my questions with some things, but. As I was compiling my notes for today, I, I wanted to watch it twice. I didn't have time. Um, I'll watch it later, though, because the wife wants to watch it. But uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. But like just thinking about certain parts and then talking to you through this episode, uh, it definitely. Oh, and Thrawn the Exile had a he made a really good point. He couldn't remember the bad things about it because the good like outweighed it. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, I mean, I remember some of the things I didn't like, but there aren't enough. No. It's like there isn't. An, thank, thankfully, there isn't enough to complain about. You know. And that's a nice feeling. That is a nice feeling to step away from a Star Wars show, feeling like, yeah, I had some issues, but that feels like a healthy amount of issues to have. I'm not yeah. disappointed. I'm not upset. My expectations haven't been shot to shreds. It, it was just good. 100%. Yeah. And especially after some of the stuff we've had recently, uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned our, our season three of Mando. So this was a nice change. Interestingly, I would also like to point out, um, before we say goodbye, uh, the fan response has been overwhelmingly positive. The media oh, response, nice. however, some of the reviews from the UK papers have been terrible. Really? Yeah. Um, I did have some notes for it there, but they appear to have mysteriously vanished. I blame the Lothcat. It yes. came stolen. Speaking <laughs> of, the Lothcat is absolutely precious. Give me one immediately. Absolutely delighted to see both a mix of CG and puppeteer work again for these creatures. Mm. Um, the puppets in Star Wars were originally made by like people in the UK. And it's something that I'm really, really proud of that we as a country contributed to Star Wars in that way. And it's so nice to see it still being used. Hell yeah. Also, um, when the Loth cat meowed the one time, my cat was like, what was that? <laughs> she was all amazing. Yeah. yeah, I dug this and, and I can't wait for the next episode because I think, you know, with this movie style uh, opening, things are really going to pick up in the next episode. Or it could be like Mando and have that like third episode lol. I hope not. Maybe. We'll find out. All right. You are in the dark. I am. <laughs> Your hair looks like extra blonde. It does. Welcome to Charlie's spooky hour. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Tonight we're right. Dracula. Ooh. <laughs> so we will catch everybody next week. Um, message us, email us, clonearmyradio at gmail.com, at clonearmyradio on most of the socials. Uh, I made a Threads one the other day for us. So. Way! I, I used it for about three days and then didn't open the app again, but we'll give it another go. You <sighs> can, as always, come and pester me at Running Back to Jakku on Instagram. And we will still do the ending because that'll be our nod to Lido it all will. the time. 
So we'll catch you all next week. May the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be with you. Bye. We are no Jedi. Admiral Yet. <laughs>